Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama musical cast. Started off confused right off the bat. Yes, prepare to be uncomfortable, because this is a another one of those musical episodes. And I like musicals. I like I like musical episodes of shows that aren't musicals. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fun thing. Uh, and Riverdale is a very musical show and yet every single time it happens it feels so weird and I think the reason why is despite it being a very musical show they're actually fairly uncommon like they'll have one musical number every like four or five episodes yeah and then they'll have like three episodes where they'll just have one musical number in the middle of it and then they'll stop again for like four or five more episodes so it doesn't feel like a musical show. Well, and also it's like Glee where they take songs and they shoehorn them into situations. Except that Glee has like normal situations that they heighten. So yeah. you're like, yeah, you know what? I understand why this teenager is singing a song from Chicago. Well, I mean, also. But Riverdale situations are so insane that you're like, wait, what? Huh? Well, I mean, also Glee it will do. It's, it's a musical. Like it's a. It's a real, I don't know what to call it, a diegetic musical. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah but, it's but, often the characters singing the yeah, songs. But they have multiple songs an episode. This one, you'll be watching and you'll have to be like, yeah, cool, normal thing. And then all of a sudden, Betty and Veronica and Kevin and Clay are just going to sing a song in their room. You'll be like, wait, full full musical number. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess maybe using Glee as the example, as like the parallel, was the bad example because I wasn't yeah. trying to say it was a musical show like Glee is, or that often the characters are singing, because usually no one is acknowledging that the characters are singing, and the show has taken some insane song and been like, "Yup, this song definitely speaks to what the characters are going through," which is why I found the next to normal musical episode so yeah. offensive. I do feel like. I have a distinct memory because for a lot, a lot of times when the musicals come out in this uh, in the show, it is like a performance that usually like Le Bon Nuit or something yeah. like that. But I do feel and occasionally something else. I do feel like there was one where suddenly it was just musical number, like out of nowhere they decided, hey, let's have a musical number now. I'm like, why is this happening? I mean, there was certainly the time that Veronica threw a press conference. That is true, and did her press conference through song. <laughs> Now, really, she did invite them to see a performance of hers. That's just how she did it. it uh, the closest equivalent I can say is would be like if Supernatural just had a musical number every, like, six episodes. They just mm-hmm. had a musical number, and it's not very clear why. And it's like them singing in context, but then nothing else would happen. You're like, but, but why does this keep happening? Anyway, the thing that's the most offensive about this musical... Yes, that says this apart from the other... Uh, Riverdale musicals is that supposedly this is all original songs yeah except I, that, that is a dirty effing lie is it it's a lie is it yes okay oh I, I want yes my is it is for I want oh, you yeah, to explain no, I can't well when we get to the song I'll tell you okay but there is at least one song in this episode that's from a 2003 musical that not a lot of people know of <laughs> and that's why I'm like are they all like, do I no, just not know? They can't all be. No, because because they reference specific characters. What I would say is that these are original songs. 
yet they feel just as out of place as the jukebox ones. They have full control over this show and what the characters could say, and yet these musical numbers still don't feel like they fit. They all feel like they are from a disused musical that they just kind of like worked into this one. Actually, notably, they all just sort of sound like Duncan Sheik or Jonathan Larson. Like, that is the style of music we are getting. Including the one that they claim is written by Cole Porter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that when that happens. Um, Like, yeah, this, this... these episodes are the ones that you can most hang your hat on where you're like, well, it's a it's a goofy, silly show. It doesn't take itself too seriously. So. So that's the thing that makes me the most mad. Yeah. Because I actually, if I, if I were able to look at this episode in a vacuum, which I'm not. Yeah. I would like it. It's good. There's a lot of meta references. There are some, like, truly stunning performances. Um. However, it's, I can't. It's secretly a Kevin episode. Yeah, and Kevin gets a, Kevin gets a proper storyline. A storyline I've been begging for. It comes out of nowhere. All of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, by the way, this is about Kevin." You're like, "What?" You're like, so this is Kevin the musical, not Archie the musical. I will say though, when you have to think of this episode as this is Kevin's story, it does not fit thematic. It does not work. It is. It does feel very like jumbled mm-hmm. together there. But hey, 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 this is Riverdale. Season 7, episode 14, Archie the Musical. Archie the Musical. So we hit off directly in song. And this song is like like the opening number to Grease the movie or like that season of Community where they're all singing in their different apartments for yeah. reasons unknown. It, it, it has that energy. Yeah. Um, and it, for three and a half minutes, this song will ruin my life because uh, Archie's singing about how it's like, he doesn't want to go to school. It's one more day of summer. I'm like, okay, so maybe not an original song. They took from something like how to, how to make it work. But no, it's like the first day of senior year and Archie and Betty like wave each other because they're like have feelings. And th- then Veronica is like singing about how rich she is and she also likes Archie. And how she's the new girl and she's going to take the town with sass. Yeah, then Jughead sings it's like four years and four summers. And, and he has a binder full of genius story ideas, which is like, yeah, Jughead. <laughs> I also feel like Jughead uh, got this line that I thought meant something and I still hope it means something. Yeah. But he goes, man, four years feel like I've done this before four years went by so fast I mean I mean he yeah he did like yeah show he did yeah are we gonna do something with that are we gonna no I think it's a meta reference um but then as soon as we see like Cheryl and Tony are vixen still I'm like okay so it's a dream or a fantasy sequence something like that so I thought it was a dream sequence as soon as I saw Betty's hair because her hair has grown a solid mm, seven (laughs) inches between episodes yeah but but they also imply that it might have been a jump ahead of eight months yes so (laughs) so nothing was to be taken for granted if they decide to end the last episode with a book burning and then go anyway eight months later the senior year but she will have the long hair through the entire episode. Yes, it so. is, it's just a thing. Uh, yeah, so what it reveals after we get, like, everybody, Reggie Fanks and Julian do a basketball song. There's the chorus on the stairs. But this is actually just a, an original original musical written by Kevin. This is friend fiction written <laughs> by Kevin Keller. It's gonna be about 
<laughs> it's gonna be about Archie. He wrote a musical about Archie. Yeah, he. So it's called Archie the Musical. They're gonna spend this entire episode being like, "Well, we're gonna show it to Featherhead. We gotta make sure Featherhead approves it. We gotta make sure Featherhead's cool with it." And I'm just like, "Look, Featherhead is racist and a lot of other things, but I think it's perfectly legit to put the kibosh on a play that is essentially about how everybody wants to sleep with one of your classmates." <laughs> true like <laughs> that's what this play is about this play is about how cool one guy is can you imagine if your school did an original musical that was just about like eight people in the school and like how hard would it have been for kevin and clay to be like this is high school the musical yeah just this <laughs> is buddy boy the all-american jock yeah like and this is bitsy and having, norma having him legitimately be like no 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 this is you. And, and especially because the only person who has an understudy is Archie, which makes sense. He's the main character. <laughs> His Julie, is Julian. Because he has red hair. <laughs> Do you want to know some fun things about Julian? Sure. So he's been on Broadway like yeah. before he toured with uh, the national tour of Hades Town, playing one of the leads. Yeah. That's why he's so good. I mean, I would assume... I, I I I also assume maybe somewhere in the background Clay's actor did musicals. Oh something. yeah, like it feels like we know where um, uh, Roberto's like interests interest lie. lie. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of musical people uh, got in this. But uh, in this first meeting, everyone has like comments about it. Everyone's uh, kind of a dick to Kevin. Like they treat him like he wrote these terrible songs, and his songs are not terrible. Yeah, I mean the problem is once again Kevin said these characters are you yeah and everyone's like these characters aren't us like because you're not me this is the weirdest thing so we'll have constantly have these numbers and a lot of the numbers just aren't accurate to what's going on in the real world and that's kind of a thing about the episode like yeah yeah kevin is wrong about like he's constantly writing that betty and veronica are fighting over archie yeah but that's obviously not true. It's not like the show is like trying to do that. But it is weird when you have these like big musical numbers, but you you're, you're like, but it doesn't fit. Like yeah, it's it a little brain breaking. It doesn't even feel like it reflects what's going on in a. It, it was just very confusing. It confuses enough that Jughead and Reggie are both like, uh, we're out. Which is hilarious because we know that Cole Sprouse does not love singing. Like Cole Sprouse <laughs> tries to. Yeah. Take to do as little singing in these musical episodes as possible. Yeah. And Charles Mel Melton, you could tell, was doing his best during that number, but I don't think Reggie's into it either. Yeah. And it was like they, the actors were like, can we just be done? And they were like, yeah. I mean, I feel like at that point they're like, well, we know the theme of this episode is everyone's going to slowly drop out. <laughs> most people are going to slowly drop out. Uh, but <laughs> but can I just say the most fantastic thing is when um, Jughead drops out, he's like, look, I feel like the American musical is the lowest art form, so I got to go. Yep. <laughs> oh, my yep. God. Yep. Uh, he's that kid. This immediately leads, leads into practicing the I Want song where, <laughs> where Kevin will have Archie and Julian, because Julian's Archie's understudy. understudy as Archie, both sing Archie at the same time time <laughs> and like like a duet like a, everything oh, yeah. you can do i can do better is essentially what this song is and archie does go it's very distracting that my understudy is singing at the same time and his point is great but then he devolves into this song is about how a guy wants everything but i don't even know what i want how can <laughs> i want everything when i don't know what i want and i'm like no who is archie andrews I'm like, archie clay and kevin actually got this one right well 
Yeah, yes. But, but I mean, that's his, essentially what it, it reveals his problem is, is that he wants a whole lot of things and the song hits too close to home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I don't like the, except for obviously Kevin and Clay are wrong about what he likes. Uh, though he does make it like, but what about, I, well, the, I want this thing and I want this thing and I want this thing. And Kevin and Clay are like, no, 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 there's, you gotta want one thing or else they'll confuse the audience. But the I Want song was literally that he was someone who wants to decide what he wants. Like, yeah. it was very clear. But yeah. Archie is dumb. My favorite part, though, is in the middle of it. Um, we do get Archie and Julian both do some shirtless running. <laughs> they were running with shirts on. And then they take and then the they shirts off. they their shirts. It's yeah. very good. Yeah, that's how you do it. I'm obsessed with this song. This number was so good. <laughs> yeah, the song. The songs are fine. Kevin says, it's a bop, right? And yes, Kevin, it is a bop. It's not 1950s. Nope. But hey, that's fine for now. Uh, this leads into Kevin and Clay sort of bonding about how, like, um... The only thing that's more stressful than workshopping a new musical is his parents no. having weird conversations. <laughs> well, the, well, he does say the only thing worse than workshopping a musical is workshopping a musical that's written about your friends. I'm like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have written it about your friends. Just change the names! Yeah, but every character no. in the show only writes things about their no, friends. No one in the show knows how to <laughs> just change the name. Like, <laughs> the only one who, who figures that out is Jughead. <laughs> And it takes him a oh, while. It takes him a while. <laughs> so um, then we, ha- at this point, because he's like, oh, well, you know, with that stuff you're going through at home with your folks. And I'm like, ah, uh, yes, the gay thing. Uh, um, no, no. It's unrelated as a divorce or something. I uh, was very mad, though, because the, ep- I mean, I was mad about a lot of things. <laughs> they're kissing too much at the school when they're supposed to be in their beard relationships. Yeah. Guys, people can still see. You oh, literally oh. just got red men. No, Aaron, men- 100% <laughs> they forgot about that. And I do not mean the characters. Oh, I no, mean the, the writers forgot. of the show forgot last episode. Uh, also, at, as soon as they enter a musical number, especially this, because this is 100% not a we are singing in the music room yeah. fantasy We're sequence. We're practicing this, a song. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, yeah. It, and they go outside and there's a disco ball in the air, Aaron. <laughs> my suspension, my d- disbelief has been suspended. You can kiss each other. I just mean that this song is setting something up for me that will be proven yeah. that the show forgot what we just did. Yeah. Uh, we get a quick song, which is the uh, Valentine's dance song, which is that everybody loves our... <laughs> Archie. And it is funny that, that Kevin just knows nothing about everyone's life. So he's like, uh, Betty likes Archie. Veronica likes Archie. Tony likes well, Archie. No, so what Cheryl happens is Tony and Cheryl are like, we don't have enough lines in this musical. Oh, yeah. So he puts them in the Archie song. That is revealed that the reason that they're in this song, like, we feel like we were just put in this song as a last minute addition. And <laughs> Kevin's like, yeah, you. You, you told ha- me you didn't have enough lines. Yeah. So you- I gave you lines. The show uh, is about Archie, guys. I, uh, I special shout out though to um, Archie on the back of Tony's bike, just hugging her waist, smiling, <laughs> just with his gleeful smile. <laughs> KJ Appa is doing the most this episode. Oh, he's having a lot of fun, and that's good. Good for him. Uh, who's not having fun or any of these girls who feel that these songs don't speak to their complex experiences, and he can't possibly write something good for them. Yeah. So, um. Veronica, Veronica and Betty, by the way, is going to ask one of her very famous friends to write them a better song. And Veronica, the answer to this is if someone else can't express your experiences, you need to write a song. No, apparently you just need a better writer. So she's going to get one of her Oscar Tony winning pals to write it. No, here's the thing. I think she wrote it herself. 
Because <laughs> so what they have is she says, you know, like Cole Porter. And I'm like, okay, so like they're, they're name dropping, but it's actually not going to happen. Apparently she does. And I need to be clear about this whole thing about Veronica. It's a very weird bit. And I think that... It, it doesn't make Veronica look good. It makes her look lame and uncool where she's like, I'm going to ask my parents' friends if I, if they'll write a song for me. And can you imagine being Cole Porter, the writer of Anything Goes and Kiss Me Kate, <laughs> getting a letter from the 16-year-old daughter of probably a friend of his. She's not friends with Cole Porter. No, she absolutely is not. No. This is towards the end of his career. Yeah, no, definitely her parents know Cole Porter. Maybe they're friends with him. And then... <laughs> She she messed like sends him a letter, maybe calls him. It is the maybe 50s. a telegraph. Um, and this just makes her look lame and uncool. Like it's so weird. It's so dumb <laughs> to the point that you could almost argue they did it on purpose. But there doesn't seem to be that level of like introspection that anytime she says this stuff, she just seems like an uncool sixteen year old being like, "Well, my dad works at Nintendo, so I know that the next Pokemon is going to have a fire dragon type." Like, <laughs> shut <laughs> up, kid. Jeez, <laughs> know it all. Just in general around this point of the episode, I can weigh in on this. I started wondering that I I just don't know what's going on and what the point of like this is. Any of this? Because yep. it's followed up by Cheryl mm-hmm. and Tony being like, we hate that we we're just added into these songs randomly. You need to write us a song that speaks to our experience. We're tired of living in the closet and we need to be able to speak our truth. And I'm like, we just had an episode where Cheryl's family tried to truth. out you guys as gays and communists. Like, you, th- hey, we asked this last episode, what do you think would happen if that if Cheryl actually did, you know, uh, support that that list that was out? Right. What do you think would happen? Everyone would laugh at you on the football field or would someone get killed? <laughs> so maybe just because she didn't confirm the list, do you think it is safe <laughs> to flaunt your relationship on stage? Do you really think it's going to work that people are going to be like, I knew it, and you're going to be like, no, we're just acting. And I hate saying this because you're right, and it should be fine. And but it's it was not terrible fine. that it wasn't. But you have to address the reality of the situation, which this show does like half the time. If if they had not done that red scare yeah. and not done that um, and just like kind of pretended that this one time town's actually really cool with um gay people and if they maybe never did the emma till stuff yeah then i would be like okay yeah we're kind of seeing an alternate version you want to do those things but you both want to do the deep social issues of the time but also kind of not do that and kind of judge them for not being better than it is now specifically specifically the actual gay people who were being persecuted you're being like why weren't they more out. It would be great if the world was better, of course. But why but, aren't you fighting for it? Why aren't you putting yourself in danger every day? Like, what are what? what? It's like it's like the show is saying, Kevin Keller, not gay enough. Yeah, they're 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 very interested in just thing like being like individual issues. Like, oh, they know that down in the South, oh, that terrible thing happened with uh, Brad Rayberry or Brett Ray, Ray Bradbury, Bradbury, whichever the one is for the show. Uh, but that's the South stuff. Clearly, that doesn't happen here. And it's just that Featherhead and uh, uh, and the mayor, and w- they're mean. There's not a systemic issue that's going on. It's, it's just infuriating. Well, and, okay. So they're just doing a musical. That's the thing. Like, clear this. They're just doing a musical. 
And it's almost like they're doing a meta interrogation of, like, stuff in the show. Like, they kind of bring up little things where they're like, isn't it kind of weird that these two characters are just, like, all they have is Archie? So it's, like, kind of a meta interrogation, maybe the original Archie comics. And I don't know. I'm a proponent of having fun and not overthinking of things. But this show is just, like... It's like when, when they it, think they're saying something, but I don't know what the something is. I just want to—I want to say something that's a, a bit more of a uh, academic uh, introspection of this. Go for it. When you do something in a story that breaks the um, uh, the idea of the story, breaks the structure of the story, yeah. like suddenly having a musical number, yeah, um, that takes the audience and reminds them this is a TV show. So it can do things that are like meta narratives. Mm-hmm. So you can make comments and people start thinking of it in that way. So you're you're breaking the structure of this show and having us look at it with you're forcing us to think about this show as a TV show mm-hmm. and as a structure of a story. Well, but then nothing's happening out of that. That's why the Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical episode is so good. This is about Buffy as a slayer. Yes. Like and the concept of being in like the show's main themes. Main conceit. And they use that episode to do a massive reveal in season six. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it because I know there's still some teens who haven't watched Buffy, but like <laughs> the audience knows something. Get on that, teens. The audience knows something and the characters don't. Yeah. And they use this like genre breaking episode to change the show. Like the show is not the same. After the musical. Yeah. So um, speaking of music, Kevin and Clay have reworked Archie's song and decided that they're just going to focus on one thing. They're going to focus on the quest for love. So they're going to focus on deciding between Betty and Veronica. I think that was the wrong choice because once again, these are human beings that are your friends. Don't ship them. And like, <laughs> actually, the song is about how he can't decide between. Oh, he's decided that, though, which is really what he's going through. Yeah. Well, but there are lyrics about it in the song. Are there? I think so. I think they're they're all vague enough that they could be about um, a human being or like because they both have very similar vibes. The basketball is kind of the next door thing, but also that's poetry. True. That's a bit more of a socialite thing. The best part is when he so he sings the song. He sings yeah. about the two things, and then he sees then he it sings Reggie, Reggie playing basketball and Jughead writing. And for a second there, I thought we were going to see like horny Archie, <laughs> like we saw horny, horny Betty, Betty. Where all of a sudden he's like, "But what if I'm attracted to everyone?" But no, they're just representations of basketball or poetry. That's right. Football or music is back. We <laughs> did this in the first episode. And or I, the first season. And I can't understand why he can't do both. <laughs> yeah, though, yeah, but that was the entire point of the first season. But, the first season, he learned he could do both. And part of the first season is he was trying to get scholarships. So he yeah. was trying to figure out which one he was going to dedicate all of his energy to to get the scholarships. Yeah. This 1950s, there has uh, been no compelling argument why he can't do both. I don't think the – no, no, because he had a talk with his dad, and his dad explained the football will get you scholarships. Like, mm-hmm. That is what it will do. If you're passionate about music, that's great. I made you a studio in the garage. But football will get you a scholarship. That was the thing. No, he, I th- la- then I later, think, he was trying to get scholarships I think maybe, yeah, yeah. I think maybe uh, Grundy brought that up at some point. But anyway, so he's tr- still trying to figure out what um, Archie Andrews is, so he, like, leaves – the show. He's got he's got a lot of questions. He's he a step away for his mental health. This song is too real. It's too raw. Yeah. Which is the opposite of what everyone else has been saying about Kevin, which is he can't write songs about anything real. <laughs> yeah. So he gets Archie. He gets Archie. It, it's the thing is like I some people could make an argument where they're like, oh, but this is an encapsulation of Archie's entire thing. I'm like, I don't think so. 
first season, Footballer Music was the big thing. And yes, he's done a lot, but his stuff has never seemed to be counter to it. Like, it does seem like he's been stretched thin. Actually, no, here's the thing. We think he's been stretched thin. Mm. The series itself has been like, no, he he just does it all. He runs a he runs a company. He, <laughs> he goes I mean, to school. Everyone can do everything. Yeah. But but the point of Archie all along has been about being a hero and realizing he can't be all things to all people. Yeah. He can't be a hero. He needs to be a man. Yeah. That is what Archie Andrews but th- but this core has, conflict is but about. But this has regressed back down to basketball or poetry. Okay. Uh, so-, so Veronica did ask Cole Porter to write the song, and I guess he will do it. And then the most insane, I, I think I've said this like several times in this episode, but the most mm. insane line ever to be uttered comes out of Veronica's mouth, which is, do you remember when the Red Scare came to town? You're not allowed to say that like it's a convention flu. Like, it's not gone. You're, what are you? you we, t- we literally burned books like do you, yesterday. Do you, do you not understand how systemic things work? They're, they're treating it like, boy, that was a weird storm that rolled through. Anyway, back to the way things always are. No, you burned books. <laughs> Which we're not going to follow up on in this episode because it's Riverdale. Why would we follow up on that? Yeah, no, you got to take a break. You'll catch it up next episode. Uh, She also reveals that she and Archie kissed in a moment of weakness, which was, I guess, her walking up to him after she did her speech, talking to him for a short amount of time, then kissing him. (laughs) It's fine because I believe Veronica is always lying. And you know what? I do believe maybe there are some writers out there who agree with me. So she can say things like that. And they're just like, yeah, the audience will get it. She is a liar. And hopefully the audience does get it. And we're not just being gaslit by a character. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they clear up thing of two episodes ago. Like, actually, we both kind of like Archie, but we like each other more. And then I wrote, I swear if this gets sexy again. I'm like, well, this is like, as friend, friend, is it friends or quote unquote friends? It's unclear for now. It'll be cleared up very heavily uh, later. Yeah, yep, yep. All right, we got to check in with Kevin because apparently this is a Kevin episode. So it turns out that the problems with his parents are that his dad lives at his sheriff office now. It's very clear that his parents are probably going to get a divorce, which is funny when you imagine once again Tabitha made this. It's like she realized, oh, shoot, his parents were divorced. Uh, Okay, we'll just make him get divorced now. He'll be fine. (laughs) He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Everything will be fine. Uh, yeah, so he's sitting in the sheriff's, uh, station. They kind of talk about the musical, and he's like, but what's going on with, uh, with you and mom? Well, it's adult, serious Serious stuff. adult stuff. He, so we're always trying to figure out what the dad's vibes are on having a gay son in Impossible 1955. Um, he seems a bit cool with it now. He's, like, he as cool as, like, a dad in 1955, I think you could. Could be. Could, yeah. yeah. I mean, not as they could be. They're, I think there they are could some cool. could be cooler. Yeah. Um, but he does see like, hey, you, you stick to your musicals and you're singing and dancing. He does seem like the I don't understand any of this, but you're my kid. Feels like the vibe totally. they're going for. Like, you did quit the basketball team, but now you <laughs> to seem be, better. But to be fair, I forced you onto the basketball team. So he just says, yeah, stick to your musicals. You're singing and dancing. And the result of this very fraught conversation with his dad is that Kevin writes a song for the characters that last episode we dubbed yeah. the main gaze. It's about how they, 
I think we called them the top four gays. Oh, the top four gays. That's what it yeah. was. I can remember. It's about how they have to be careful about who they love. It's and like it's a sweet song. No, it is a song from the nineteen <laughs> from the two thousand and three musical Xana Don't. Oh, cool. <laughs> I go, no, this broke my brain. It so made this- me. Like, pay less attention to the rest of the episode because I was frantically Googling trying to figure out why this one song was, did, is not original. Did Roberto no. write the... No. Interesting. Not involved. <laughs> and then cool. I was, like, Googling to try to figure out who wrote the songs well, for this musical and that information is unclear. Well, that's why it can't be in the play. <laughs> yeah, they don't have the rights to <laughs> it. Because we don't have the rights to it. It's sweet, but it can't be in the play. I do like I was like, it can't be in the play. But literally last week, we had an episode where Cheryl was blackmailed into outing them. Like, of course it can't be in the show. Though it does end with another line I'm going to read, because I think this joins the pantheon of the highs and lows of high school football. Yeah. And of course, the classic I'm weird monologue is Tony, straight-faced, almost staring at the camera, Kevin and Clay, wowza, you completely captured the longing of being in a queer interracial relationship in the 1950s. I'm like, you can't have a character say that. You sure can. (laughs) You can't have a character say that. You can have a review guy say that. I guess maybe it's a bit better, actually, that they didn't write this music. Because if this was a song that was originally written (laughs) for this show, having a character say... You Very. completely captured the longing of being in a queer relation, interracial relationship in the 1950s. Because I don't know what it feels like to be longing like, in a queer... But you can't have a character say that. It's maybe offensive. Like You can't have offensive? a character say that. <laughs> I just, like, I, I don't... Well, it just, it feels, it feels like if you... It feels like if, if after, um, I don't know, in, in the middle of Rent, somebody said... Wow, Mark, you really captured the feelings of being in the AIDS crisis in New York. Like, you can't say that in the show. I mean, I feel like someone might say that to him, but his film. <laughs> no, but the film is fine. Also, no, I don't think that film is actually, like, good in the general sense. Just the friends like it. The film which... is not good. The film is just shots of people, like, no, we looking agree. at the camera. No, we agree the film is bad, but I don't think in in the... In the story of Rent, that film needs to be good. No. It doesn't need to be good. It just needs to be from the heart and for his friends. I just, I can't, I don't comprehend why it's all original songs. Except for this one. But this one song isn't. Hey everybody, editing Kevin here. Fun fact, so we also just learned that the song Archie's All-American, which was the second song, the one that Archie sings with Julian, uh, was also a song that was written by Joe Iconis, I think for a job to write it for a musical that didn't happen in 2015, and then it came out on his album in 2022, and then it got covered in this. So I guess that's another song that isn't technically original. Well, I mean, I guess because they have to follow this up by having Cheryl and Tony be very upset that Kevin and Clay were like, uh, we're not going to put this in the show because the only way they could is by like having different characters sing it yeah it's like do they want do they want to get dead cheryl do you want people to die like cheryl tony we spent an hour on this the that was the entire point of the last episode like last episode can you imagine if you were binging this show (laughs) and you watched that episode where they spent an entire hour 
being like, we can't let people know. It'll be dangerous if they know. Cheryl, you're going to have to make a choice. You have to give up the Vixens. Cut to this episode where you have the same two people being like, what do you mean we can't just... Have a love song together. Why can't we, we be open about our love? We can't We we can't pretend to be straight on stage. And like, that's fine. That's a f- perfectly valid reason for you to have. It can it, That would suck. But I just, I can't comprehend <laughs> why they think that Kevin would be like, I would like to put you in harm's way. Thank you. Yeah. And, and it always really and it's god it's fine that it's teenagers it's annoying because these teenagers are treated in every other episode as being quite aware of, of the what's world going around on. them but every so often they do come off as like won't that just like rock the establishment if we were to do this which is like yeah definitely a thing that like counterculture like, 1950s would do you guys you already did a sexy <laughs> dance about your love in front of an audience and it almost got you probably disappeared for being communists so like, <laughs> like it literally just happened well and not like that i thought like okay so they're just going to ignore the last episode but no they bring it up twice in this episode even featherhead is at one point going to be like well since our recent brush with communism i'm like so you are also just think that it's done now and that's not how the red scare <laughs> that's not, works that's not how it works like people should still be uh, narking on their neighbors it's been a week so uh, this cuts to a very weird scene in a not weird way. It's hard to describe. So Arch- like we cut to Archie with a thousand yard stare, just like. Ugh. And Pop Tate asks him if he wants soup or salad with his grilled cheese. She's like, I don't, I don't know. And so Jughead. And then slowly, just the camera pans to the side to remember that Jughead's been sitting there the, the whole entire time. time. He's, he's like, Jughead's like, he'll have both. Yeah, it's like, ah, cool. Hey, a friend talk. It feels like it's been years since these two have had any form of a conversation. They're not exactly like Ryan and Seth, are they, huh? Well, I thought, so I thought that 1950s set up for us that Jughead is not actually friends with Archie. The only time that he was friends with him was when he was present day Jughead. In Teen Jughead's yeah, body. Yeah, when Archie talked to him, he talked to him like a friend who was kind of worried about him. Like, yeah. hey, if you keep talking this way, you're going to get committed. Like, dude, you gotta... But then Jughead only ever hung out with the nerds after that. Yeah, because this this show is weird. I mean, I'm, I would almost argue probably they have poor shooting schedules. And, yeah. and just Cole Sprouse and KJ Apa couldn't shoot at the same time. But anyway, Archie yeah. kind of makes a problem when Jughead's like, oh, well, you're having an existential crisis. <laughs> like, you, yeah. you... De- decisions are hard. You have, you're paralyzed by what the future could bring if you choose one. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you, like, you, uh, you, ha- you, you have to make a choice. And making any sort of choice can be scary, especially when it's, like, a permanent one. So you just make no choice at all. Um and then he sings, like, a quit song about how you have to make a choice. You can't pick two. But I want to point out, literally, like, two minutes earlier, Jughead picked two. Yeah. He got both the soup and salad. Like. <laughs> and there's no reason on earth why Archie can't play basketball and write poetry. Yeah. The, so, yes. Sometimes you have to make a choice. But, like, this show's so bad at making analogies that, like, they don't actually give him an actual choice. I would argue the fir- actual first season was a bit closer with it because he was spending a whole lot of time on each. Yeah. And he and the, it's worth remembering, the result of that was him figuring out how to do both. Well, 
And also, also, here's the real problem with this. Yeah. So um, Archie will decide that he has to go off to do something important, and yep. Jughead will take his soup and his salad. Because you can have both. And then Archie will go quit basketball. Yeah. And what is very, very important to remember is Archie didn't want to play basketball. He does not like it since his dad died, <laughs> and he was forced into it. Um. That was why Frank came to town. Yeah, and he, it was did, one of he the did put he him on the, he did put him on the yeah he did put him on the basketball team yeah and, and, Frank, <laughs> and it is yeah it is where he was not on the basketball team before though he did say the reason he didn't want to do basketball was because he was he was worried it would like tarnish his dad's reputation not that he didn't like it but still like maybe yeah. forcing him. It's it's not the same as football, right? Like he loved football, yes. But he true. also loved yeah. music. This, this one they they had to tie it into his dad, so he was afraid he would tarnish his dad's reputation. So first he had to get over that mental block, and now he has to focus more on his poetry. I would argue that even that even opposed to music, poetry is something you could definitely do while doing football. Like I mean, uh, po- poetry does ha- take a lot of you know knowledge and things like that. But I would argue that it's definitely a thing you can do while doing <laughs> doing basketball. I mean, look at Clay Walker. Clay Walker is running that uh, literary society where they have to read a book every day. Yeah. He's writing so many poems. He's writing a song with Kevin every ha- night. Having this be Archie's, like, main thing when the show itself repeatedly proves him wrong is hilarious. It's true. Like, I, I just cannot take it as his central... Uh, problem of this episode even when it does not feel like a problem in any way even in this show as we've said before it has already been a problem that he's gotten over so why do I care about it it just leans more into the fact that even though these are original songs it feels like they had to shove them in because they're like oh shoot Um, I guess Archie is deciding between two things because we have a song about someone deciding between two things. So it's like, but everyone's bored what, of him deciding between Betty and Veronica. What if we just rewrite the song into something else? No, we can't do that. We can't do that. Look, we're, we've already had so many episodes about Archie and his dad. What else could he possibly have going on? This was definitely shot before the writer's strike. You probably could have rewrote the song. <sighs> Uh, anyway, Kevin Keller and Clay Walker had a sleepover, yeah. and they almost get found out no. because his mom comes. Uh, Kevin's mom comes yeah, in. Yeah, Clay has to get the window. Um, but this is a reveal that they are going to have the three of them: Kevin, uh, Sheriff Keller, and mother. The mother um, are going to have dinner at Pops. As soon as it says that we're going to have dinner at Pops, I'm like, ooh, that's not a good sign. A, neut- a neutral location. Yeah, this is a divorce dinner. A, a public space so you won't cause a scene. This is a divorce dinner. <laughs> Kevin, no. Kevin, it's not going to be okay. And then he looks off to the side where there's a photo of him and his parents staring off to the future. And he looks like he's 30 because he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So, hey, we got the song from Cole Porter. And I need to be clear right now. They will do nothing to make this song anything like Cole Porter. It is still just Duncan Sheik, Jonathan Larson. Possibly Veronica just wrote it. Look, quite honestly, the song that the two Archies sang earlier yeah. is closer to being a Cole Porter yeah. song. Yeah, it's, it's still not. Like, the, the, the thing is, like, even if you don't know a lot of Cole Porter's music. You, you probably, know anything goes. You've heard anything goes. And if just like head up and look at his look at his music, they're all 1950s big band stuff. And I understand that's hard to potentially do on a budget where you maybe can't get a 
big band orchestra. But then just don't call it a Cole Porter song. Get one of Veronica, like, I'm sure Veronica knows musicians. Yeah, she could have just said, I'll get a musician. Period blank. We don't even know who they are. Uh, the other option, which I will give you another option. Another option. Is because, once again, this is a 16-year-old girl <laughs> calling her parents' friend, acquaintance maybe, being like, can you write a song about me and my friend for musical we're doing and he's just like uh yeah take this one no one likes it and it is like <laughs> modern day alt rock because he's like ah no one's into this thing take well, a child and like here's the thing that is like gross about this when you think about it yeah is you know they got cole porter to write the song yeah theoretically, theoretically. because kevin is theoretically a bad writer and can't write anything real and can't speak to their experience. So why would a grown man who doesn't know these two girls be able to write something true to you, their experience? Yeah, you, you know who's very good at writing? <laughs> writing teen girls' innermost feelings? 60-year-old men from 1955. They're just on the pulse. And, like, this song is too on the nose about oh. their stereotypes, mostly. Oh, yes. Um, Veronica definitely had to give Cole Porter some very in-depth information on like, her and her 16-year-old friend. Did she steal Betty's diaries and ship them to Cole Porter? The song is... A love song. It's very weird in the idea of visuals versus, like, tone, like theme. The yeah. song is about how they have complexity. They are more complex than they seem to the B. people out there, which I would argue is Betty's storyline that didn't feel like a thing necessarily Veronica was dealing it with. It could be a Veronica storyline in a different show. Yeah, if, though it, I'll give him this. It does feel universal enough that you could just be like, oh, it is a thing Veronica is yeah. dealing with. But Betty has 100% been dealing with the fact that like at least her mom wants her to be a very specific thing, but yeah. she has complexities beyond that. Though I will say, I don't. I think Archie and Reggie are both very uh, welcoming of her complexities. Yeah, especially Archie. He likes it. Yeah. Uh, but as they're singing this, the the actual what's going on in them is they're running for like co president. President. They like do like watercolors of their own, like a paint by number watercolor of, of themselves. Their, of themselves. <laughs> and then they're running for co president, and then they sing into each other's mouths. Because it's romantic. And then a universe, like a very, <laughs> like if I was in grade seven and I was making a class movie and I wanted to put myself and my girlfriend in front of a universe, yeah. I would do that effect. Yeah. So here's what I've got to say. And then they kiss. Um, even if they decide to have Betty and Veronica be like an end couple, it in the context of the show, it really feels out of nowhere and still feels like random shipping, which is un which underserves a relationship. Like, this doesn't feel like the accumulation of the show. No, because this, they've never... Sorry, you finished. This then, feels no. like a weird trivia fact. Like, it feels like something that in five years someone would be like, hey, did you know that in Riverdale, actually Betty and Veronica got together and ignored Archie? And people would be like, ooh, an in interesting, interesting th decision they made. But this is not a thing that they've built to no. like Betty and Veronica for all of their telling us that they're best friends yeah. and they're B and B have like never acted like friends. No. And again, this is why I'm so mad I mean, because I felt like they were finally exploring their friendship and they were finally exploring how this like type of platonic love can serve you so well. Here's the thing. This show is atrocious at, at exploring 
friendship. It's like they it, don't believe the friends can exist. It, it does it every so often. Every so often we'll get like a friend. Like we know we'll get Archie and Reggie. They've probably been a lot of friends that we got. Yeah. We got some Archie and um Jughead uh, sometimes. Um, oh no, Archie and Mad Dog. Yeah, Archie Mad. I was gonna actually Archie and Kevin. This oh yeah, season. Archie and Kevin this episode um, too. Yeah, this season and this episode. Um, but o- overall, they just don't care about friendship. And I think we talked talked about this before. I'm not of the mind where it's like um, there shouldn't be any romance. Yeah, yeah. And there's been pushbacks against that, so I do. That's why I feel like I want to bring this up. Yeah, I've seen some um, unfortunate pushback. I don't agree with, but. This show seems uninterested in friends. Well, we we like think about the OC. We feel like Ryan and Seth are friends, and Summer and Marissa. Yeah, we feel like those people are friends. Well, and think about Taylor Townstead when all she wanted to do was join the group, and yeah. she like bullies Seth into becoming her friend. Yeah, like that feels like friends. This one, the second we had a f- potential friendship between. Veronica and Jughead. No, Romance. they dated for one episode, and now they have not talked really Ever since, since. In, like for like one quick scene. And the second that Betty and Veronica actually felt like they were acting like friends, nope, they actually have to be a romantic couple. And I just like I feel like it's almost I don't know like it's dangerous the right word damaging like it is troublesome that this is media that is for teenagers. And you're not giving them any good representations and, of friendship. Yeah, any friend, like any friends, like like the well, the only friends we really see is between two gay couples. That's true. Like, and but even that doesn't feel like friendship. They all just sort of feel like, well, of course they know each other. They're gay, which is then offensive. Show <laughs> like, how are you doing an open-minded thing in a well, way that makes me feel gross? Well, especially like like now they have a ma- like so at this point a majority of their characters are gay because Betty and Veronica. Yeah, I do like how at, at this end the look on Kevin's face is almost like more gay people. We can't have this. There's. <laughs> There's far too many gay we, <laughs> top four. There's top four. You it's can't like be in the like, top four. Oh no! If we add more people, people are going to say it's my musical's fault. Oh no! They're going to kick. <laughs> if we had more people, I'll be kicked out of the top four gay people. Clay will probably stay, but then we'll be five and six. Me and Veronica. Ugh. <laughs> so, um, so now we do quickly get Betty and Veronica, who who again have to talk about their relationship because apparently this song was just so primal and. Astounding, and they kissed in their fantasy brains. And for so long, they both wanted to climb Mount Archibald, but now yeah, there's better, more talking. complex mountains to climb. I I just want to point out that like it's funny they do this with the DME. Like, whoa, well, we have found out this actually. Me and you get along better than we do Archie. I'm like. I feel like Archie actually got along with both of you fine. Yeah. Archie he, was like a very supportive, except for the time that he dropped out of Veronica's show because he only said he would do it once. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's because she hired him as a boss. That is, not a, that is not a romantic relationship. That's a business relationship. But like Archie and Betty have been shown to get along extremely well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like it's fine that they get together. It's weird that they have to be like, well, of course we have to get together because Archie's not an option anymore. I'm like, that kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Of them, I guess at least they decide before Archie comes in is like, hey, girls, anyway, I kiss both of you, but I don't want to date both of you. I need to work on myself. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, okay, show, sure. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of goodbye. 
So Kevin is out at dinner with his parents and he's just yammering, yammering on about his school and his musical yeah, yeah. and how Julian's in it now. And he's actually pretty good. He's a better Archie than Archie. Like, don't, don't just don't do that. Uh, but we learn that, yes, Sheriff Keller and the mother are getting a divorce and it's, I guess, a no fault divorce. And who knows? What, I don't think we're ever going to know exactly what's going nope, on. Nope. We know that they had some fights and Kevin will respond to this like a teenager yeah i mean yeah it's Which, and it's fine I, i'll give you that kevin's response is probably the most like legit good here's how it you know someone who's very emotional might respond right respond to something like this unlike when veronica found out her parents were getting divorced and was like so there'll be a christmas with just us in new york <laughs> that yes yeah uh so julian is playing Archie, which is very funny. It's so good. Clay is playing Jughead, which is also funny. And I didn't realize this until the end when they were all standing with their music stands with their character names on it. Oh. But Fangs is playing Reggie. No, I merely got the Fangs as Reggie because he came in with a deep Reggie voice. He was just being himself. (laughs) So he does it. And Featherhead does like it. But as he explains to Kevin, uh, we can't do this musical because we had a brush with communism. So we're going to do Oklahoma. Which will actually, he says a lot of stuff, but the answer is definitely just like, you wrote a musical about eight people in the show, in your, in your group. Who's gonna see it? Well, here's the thing, Featherhead. This is a high school musical. You're gonna cast 60 kids in it, and all of their families are gonna come, and it's gonna sell at the auditorium. It doesn't actually matter what musical you're doing, or if it's good. Oh, you wish that they would cast 60 kids. It's Kevin. There's eight roles. (laughs) But every time we see the musical sequences, there's a chorus. It's a fantasy. That's where you put the other 60 kids. It's a fantasy in the head. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so they're going to do Oklahoma. It'll sell out. And you know what? It's also the 1950s. What else are people doing? They're not on YouTube. Well, and there's also like, there's some real meta-ness in here about how like original musicals don't sell. You got to go with the classics. And I'm like, ha, thanks, Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, but event- the fun fact for the real world, eventually an original musical becomes a classic. Everything was original at some point, Ooh. except for when it's an adaptation. Uh, Frozen. So uh, Kevin is upset, and he, because he's upset about everything, he just turns to being upset about, he lashes out. He's a okay. teenager, he lashes out. To be fair, his friends were all dicks <laughs> to him this entire episode. Everyone was super mean to him about his music writing skills. The, 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 the thing is, like, I do agree with you, but I just can't get over the decision of a human being <laughs> to write a musical <laughs> that features the innermost secrets and wants of his friends. I, I honestly... Especially I, when, well, admittedly, most of them are wrong. I feel like it would have been so... So much funnier if he had just given all the characters these names that were very, very close. No, no, yeah, and they were, and it was like very obvious they were them. It was like, no, no, you're not Archie, you're Varchi. Like the entire time, he's like, no, 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 you're Bitsy, not Betty. Clearly, clearly, these are like, no, this is definitely us. And he's like, no, it's just high school. It's no? just high school, guys. No, it's not, uh, because then Clay reveals like, like, uh. He, he also does say that Kevin was going to tell everyone. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, it's not him just deciding to do this. Yeah. He's like, hey, everybody, what you should know. And he was going to tell you afterwards. His parents are getting a divorce. And that's why he threw himself into this. And I'm like. He threw himself into it before. Yeah. And not only that, I, I don't feel like this. The musical didn't feel like a reflection of his angst at his parents, didn't it? 
Yeah, no. There were no parents in the musical. Which is fine. Like, in real life, things aren't as clean as that. Yeah, he'll throw himself into a project Mm -hmm. because he's having problems. But for a show, I would like a bit of, like, consistency. Wouldn't that be fun? And it could be something like this was the only good thing in his life and now he's lost it. Or, like, you know, just just framing it slightly (laughs) differently probably would have. Yeah. Yeah. This I, was the I, only I, thing that made him happy. I think the problem is that they decided, they decided, it does feel like they decided the 25th hour that they're going to do this as a Kevin episode. Because then immediately we get Kevin talking to his mom and he wonders if it's his fault. His mom also reaffirms it's cool that he's gay. She doesn't say that because in the 1950s no one uses that terminology. But no. she's like, Whoever, whatever you are, I, you're my boy. I support you no matter what you do or what you think or who you love. I... I like, don't get me wrong. It's it's nice to hear, but we've always had a closer connection with his dad. We've literally seen his mom like twice. Never. We've never seen this woman never before. Never seen, I thought we maybe saw his mom at one point. No, his mom was always deployed because she was in the army. Yeah, but I thought there was one point where, where she came home and that was like when they fully like did like we're getting a divorce thing. Um, I know. I just feel like I have a closer connection to the dad. Yeah, so wouldn't it be great <laughs> if this scene was with the dad? But, I, but they, either they are going to have the dad be a bit more like, oh, my gay son. Uh, or, or they want to get both of them. Or the show finally listened to us and it was like, hey, guys, <laughs> here's a good mom. You need one good mom. So uh, this brings into Archie comes in to thank Kevin. Uh, so Archie, like, Archie doesn't know that Kevin's parents uh, are getting divorced. He was not there when Clay gave that speech. I think he so does know. He might, he might know through the grapevine. No, but- I, th- I, th- I think he said like... He, I think he alludes to the fact, you know. But it doesn't what really he does matter, is he honestly. comes in and he's like, hey, buddy, I heard that your play got canceled. And that's pretty sad because I really wanted to see it. It helped me realize everything about myself. And that was cool. <laughs> and they give them, oh, thank you. Like, what are you doing? Are you writing the song? <laughs> Can I hear the song? And then they all sing the song together. And it's fine when Archie does it because literally Kevin's like, there's the, there's the words. Sing them. And they sing together. And then everyone comes in. And I mean everyone. I mean Ethel and Dilton, who we have not seen since the first scene where they were in the musical. But everyone comes in and sings. Like, Midge is around a lot in this episode. And Midge is not pregnant showing yet, still. (laughs) It's February. No, no, wait. No, No, that that was fake. That was fake. That was a fake one. Uh, (laughs) It's impossible to tell what month it is. Uh, Yeah, Midge also had, this is the worth mentioning, in one of the musical scenes, Midge also was into Archie because everyone wants to bone Archie. Kevin, you can't write that. Kev- Kevin doesn't it's know. It's so weird. Kevin doesn't know that Midge is pregnant and dating Fangs. No, I just mean just deciding, yeah, by, by this one dude I know, everyone in school wants to bone okay, but him. But Kevin, Kevin wants to bone Archie. That's unclear because everyone else does. Um, so anyway, they all sing together. They sing the song, yeah. It's This is what I meant by it kind of feels like a 25th hour thing, because this is supposed to feel like, yeah, Kevin, you'll make it through. But I'm like, we literally just learned this thing, what's going on. But here's the problem with yeah. this show. They have this one lyric. They have lots of lyrics, obviously, the song. <laughs> but they have this one lyric where they say, growing up seems not so far away. And then they all do a group hug, and they're all touching each other. Yeah. And a better show would have related that to the fact that they were, like, sent back in time and de-aged. Yeah. I, like, I, it, it just seems so on the nose. There are so many lyrics in this 
Yeah, but I, I would argue that those lyrics are there as, like, almost fun Easter eggs relating to that. Like, you're right. They are too on the nose to not be on purpose. I don't know if they had to, like, push it harder or have someone, like, turn and be like, because we're in the past, which is also the future. No, I, I actually just thought that them all coming together was going to... And you know how they're supposed to bend towards justice and kindness? Oh, yeah. yeah. I kind of thought all of them coming together and singing with Kevin and accepting him would be part of that. Oh, might might trigger something. Yeah. Especially with the lyrics yeah. of the song. But no, this is just about Kevin because it was Kevin's episode all along. All right, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic was doing an original musical, but they ran out of songs, so they just picked one that they thought that no one would know? <laughs> huh? Look, I got to go with uh, the scene where Julian and Archie are sexy singing in the shower because it definitely looks like they are sizing up each other's penises. It does look. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that might be a, a subtle thing there. Um, yeah. The, the entire thing where... That where entire number, actually. Kevin deciding, here's how we're going to rehearse this. You both are going to sing the song. But Archie stops singing so Julian can sing his anything you can do, I can do better parts. No. That's not how you rehearse a song with an understudy. At least and, Archie says, this is distracting. And look, I am obsessed with that song. <laughs> Kevin is right. It was a bomb. It was, a bomb. It was so good. Yeah. But it made no logical sense whatsoever. <laughs> but boy, did I like it. Yeah. Kevin, did you find CW moment? Yeah, in the middle of um, Archie's second I Want song, the one where they decide to focus in on on choosing between Betty and Veronica. When he's with Veronica, because Betty, what's the food that Betty gives him? Betty gives him cotton candy. candy. But then Veronica crams an onion ring in his mouth. (laughs) Like, the onion ring's too big. And she just, like, two finger pushes an onion ring into KJ Appa's mouth. Not Archie's. KJ Appa gets an onion ring shoved into his mouth and I'm like that's too much of an onion pick a smaller onion ring it's also yeah you're in control of this like also I don't think onion ring like rhymed with anything pick a other food that doesn't require shoving an onion ring it's very funny that they make the metaphor that Betty is cotton candy and Veronica is onion rings because I would argue they are the opposite Betty (laughs) Betty is like down home fried cooking Veronica is like high sugar no, I'm because Betty is sweet and light and fun. Yeah. And Veronica's like, you know, a thing that you're not really supposed to have, but you still love it anyway. That's I would, ar- I would argue you're making. not supposed to have that much cotton candy either. Um, I think the thing is that when you get into metaphors, as long as you describe it in one way, they work in a lot of different ways. You might be right. Yeah, yeah. Cram the onion ring in. Anyway, finish so what, it up. Do you guys like onion rings? You can let us know. <laughs> Social media. Podcast Moa. Pod, pod, Good podcast, call to action. Podcast Moa. Bring it back. Podcast MOA you can at do Instagram, it. at Twitter, and at gmail.com. Over 300 times. And uh, give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions because this is the content you're looking for. There you go. Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice. All right, cool. You can catch my books. They're available at kevinweirdbooks.com. And I'm over at flimsyplan.com. And we'll see you next week. Can Archie make it as a poet? Will Kevin be okay? What are the plot lines from the last episode? Answers all this and more on the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 